So I'm seeing it all over the place in all of the hair forums, all the things. Stylists are feeling basically like shit about themselves because their books are slow. And it can be really hard, um, especially as a newer hairstylist, when things do slow down a little bit, which does happen. First of all, it takes time to build a steady book of clients. So if you are someone who is newer to the industry or you are still in a building phase in your career, do not be hard on yourself whenever there are months that are slower than others because that's going to happen. As someone who's been in the industry for 23 years, I can pretty much tell you I all I know what months are slower than others. And I I want to give you some tips in this episode to really kind of put your mind at ease a little bit and to give you some actionable steps to take to plan ahead so you don't feel like you're spiraling when these things happen because they're going to. Um, and I'm not saying that to make you feel scared or anything like that, but it is like very normal in this industry for your business to have ebbs and flows. So let's plan for those and think ahead. And I want to tell you like basically what I've done that has helped me over the last 23 years. Like these things do not bother me. Um, but I've also take, you know, I've been strategic and I have done things over time because yeah, it did used to bother me a lot. I mean, it made me feel like garbage and it made me feel like I was doing a bad job or like, why aren't people coming back to me? What's going on? Or am I even going to be able to continue doing hair? Like, is this forever? Like, no, first of all, it's not forever. But so one thing I would definitely encourage you to do is to sit down and actually look at your numbers, like compare every month of the year, like last year, I want you to go back and see, look at every month and see which ones were higher, which ones were lower. And like this, there is, it, this could be individual for everyone, depending on your situation. So, you know, I do feel like, and several people have said, the J months are usually the slowest in the hair industry. And I do somewhat agree with that. I mean, if you think about it, January's right after Christmas. People have spent a bunch of money. Now they're freaking out trying to pay their credit card bill. They're really kind of tightening up a little bit more and different things like that. June and July are when everyone's going on vacation or planning for that, preparing for it. You know, they are already maybe not taking as great care of their hair because they're going to be out in the sun and... You know, that's also a time when I, I'm a hair extension artist. Like I have people who might say, hey, I think I'm going to take my extensions out for the summer because I'm going to be in the pool all the time. And I like to go underwater. I like to do this, that, and the other. I don't want to worry about getting sunscreen on my extensions. So I just want to take them out. Um, 
I don't feel like I have too many of those people, but that is something that can happen. And that's okay. Um, so these are the things you have to kind of think about and like understand like kind of the psychology and the spending habits of your clients and different things like that. And that gives you a little bit more perspective so you don't take it so personally and think it's about you um, or your skills or whatnot. Now, I will say it's never a bad time to audit your client experience either. And that's tip number two is what is your client experience like? Like when they come to see you, because that does affect, you know, client spending. And I know that that is, I mean, even if you, I don't care if someone like is, you know, money is no problem for them. If you have clients that are like that, they still are aware of what, what type of value they're getting from their experience with you in the chair. Are you really making it about them when they come in? I know we get close to our clients. We talk about a lot of different things, but I would tell you, try to really rein it in and make it about their hair. Ask them what challenges they're having make product recommendations. And that's not to say like, oh, sell product, sell product, sell product. Like that's not the thing here. This, that is just another way of supporting your client with whatever challenges they may, having, may be having or pro- providing solutions. I make suggestions for clients all the time with, with products and stuff. And some things I might not even have at the salon. I might not have that affiliate link for that product. But if I feel like that product is going to serve that client better, I'm telling them about it because I want to support them. I want to do what is going to help them and make those suggestions for them. And whenever you show that you care like that, people really appreciate it. It stands out to them more than just, you know, coming and getting their hair done, hearing whatever gossip or whatever has been going on in your life, but then not really getting any type of advice on how to fix their hair at home or advice on that one struggle they're having or, you know, and when I mean struggle, I'm talking, I mean, clearly, yes, people feel like we are their therapists, therapists, but (laughs) I try to bring it back to therapist. I'm going to help you with that struggle of you can't figure out why your hair keeps falling flat all the time at the top. You know, like I'm not here to, I'm here to listen and support you, but like, I'm not a therapist. Um, And we do hear all of that stuff, but I think sometimes we get really sucked into that and we kind of forget to do the things that we are actually qualified to do and that's okay like that happens to the best of us because I can tell you I feel like I've had plenty of clients that in the past would probably tell you that I got sucked more into that side of things than actually guiding them on how 
to fix their hair, what products to use, um, and whether we needed to make adjustments to what we were doing with their color or cut or whatnot. And I can tell you, I do feel like extensions really kind of helped me to be more open-minded to tweaks, adjustments, asking for feedback. That's part of this tip number two as well, is don't be afraid to ask for feedback. Your clients sometimes are terrified to tell you things that they would like to change about their hair. Some are not, but there are some, especially if you're like, I really love being around this client. She's super nice. We love having this time together, but I can tell you that sometimes, and we've all had this happen, when you have a client that you haven't seen in forever and like they just, you never see them again and you have no idea what happened, you know, it could be a million different things, but just judging based on some of the clients that I've had in my chair who have shared with me why they left their hairstylist. I feel like nine times out of 10, it was because they started to feel like the stylist honestly just didn't really care like about anything to do with their hair. Like it was more, they never felt like they could share feedback. They didn't feel comfortable sharing feedback also sometimes. And so then ultimately there were changes that they wanted to be made but they, they never were. And so essentially they're showing up, they really like their stylist, but they're actually not getting what they want anytime they come. And so they stop going. And you know, there are so many different personality types in the world. And you, one could say, well, she should have just said, you know, she's not happy or whatever, but like not everyone is going to do that. And if you are someone who you really like that client and you want to keep them in your chair, then what are some ways for you to encourage that communication? And one of those things is asking if you could change anything about what we did the last time, what, what would it be? Boom. Like that's it. That's all you have to say. I've gotten to a point with my clients now, I feel like they're pretty comfortable. A lot of my longtime clients, I ask them, how did everything work out with your color? How did everything work out with your extension placement? Is there anything that we need to change? They have gotten so used to this. And this is when we really unpack things and really kind of dive into the consultation. And this is every appointment. This is never like an, this is never just anyone coming in and sitting down and just, I'm telling them what we're doing. Like I'm asking for feedback first. I'm processing what they're telling me. Then I'm going to tell them what my, my professional opinion would be, how we can make this work. And also being honest, if I don't feel like what they're asking for is realistic so these are things that it doesn't happen overnight. I've been someone who is afraid of feedback. And I feel like when you can take feedback, 
and not take it personally and not, it doesn't mean that you failed or that, you know, we're doing a job that like can't be replicated. Like when you really sit down and think about that, a machine can't do our job and we're not machines. Like it is highly personalized, specialized, all the things. And so this is our opportunity to really fine tune everything we do and to fine tune that client experience. And whenever that happens, the value that your client gets from sitting in your chair goes up exponentially because no one is going to provide the same type of experience as what you do. So that is my challenge to you is to not be afraid of feedback. And thirdly, now we're going to get into like finances, which isn't totally fun. And I'm not going to go too deep on this, but I would challenge you to make a budget and make a plan like, and stick to it. So that way, whenever, you know, you can start to build an, a nest egg of savings, if you haven't already, I do feel like every hairstylist should do this. And this is what, I mean, I've done this forever. I started doing it early in my career because I did notice these patterns of when there were slower months. And honestly, it just made me feel better to know that I had some savings. And I'm not telling you save $100 a week even. Like, you can start out slow and try to just, let's say $10 a week, but you do not touch that money, like, unless you need it, like, badly, you know. But if you can start to save a little bit more and a little bit more, then definitely do that. Because over time... You start to build up a savings. This savings is what is going to hold you over on those slower months. And maybe, you know, especially if you're brand new to hair, you haven't built up your clientele yet. A second job is never something that is um, unrealistic when you first start your hair career. I feel like more and more, a lot of salons are not necessarily paying you to kind of hang out, especially if you are in like a larger salon. Um, like if you don't have clients, like it's kind of almost like gone are the days where you could just kind of sit around and fold towels and, you know, kind of make an hourly wage when you don't have clients. Um, and there probably are still some salons like that, but I know ours is specifically is set up to where, you know, you don't have to be there when you don't have a client. So essentially, you can be somewhere else making more money like than an hourly wage to fold towels. So, you know, it's not only that, like most salons, like it's not, that is not financially feasible always to have a bunch of employees on payroll who might have an empty book that week and they all need to get paid hourly while there's no income or not as much income coming into the salon. And I hope that makes sense. It may not, um, but 
one thing that is, I think, super helpful whenever you are someone trying to build your clientele, I've known many a stylist that worked part-time while building up their clientele. That can feel overwhelming to some people. Like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do both? That's too much. Um, but it is not always going to be that way. And it also kind of helps you to hustle a little bit more because you don't want to do that your whole life. So, but when you work another job, I've known a lot of hairstylists that would, you know, be servers, bartenders, different things like that. You're out there, you're meeting people, you're getting to know them, they're getting to know you, they know that you do hair. They're all your potential clients. And I will always say this since the beginning of time, my previous business coach actually made this suggestion and I think it's brilliant. And so I've always screamed it from the rooftops of working part-time at a blow-dry bar. Like, I feel like we have, I want to say three or four blow-dry bars, like not far from us. I would say within 20 minutes and they're always hopping and I feel like that's like, you know, they don't offer cuts. They don't offer color. Typically I'm talking the ones that specifically all they do are like blowouts and, you know, maybe some updo styling and stuff like that. I think maybe some of them do makeup as well, but if you are someone that at your job, at your current salon, you offer, you know, cutting, coloring, extensions, etc. Like, typically, your the blow-dry bar isn't going to look at you as competition. Um, you know, surely talk to your salon owner about that and explain that you want to work part-time to make money, but also network and meet other clients who can become clients in your chair and bring more business into the salon for cutting, coloring, whatever. Um, This is totally a possibility. And I know that's a little unorthodox. Some people might think, oh, that's competition or, you know, the salon isn't going to go for that or whatnot. But you don't know unless you ask. And I know several girls who that's what they do. And that's how they actually bring in new clients. And they're off getting paid still and still doing hair. So I know that some people might think that's just bonkers and bananas, but I honestly don't see anything wrong with it. I don't, everybody's making money, everybody's happy. So, um, but those are the things that I would encourage you to do. And whenever you can look at your numbers, you can look at your client experience, you can look at other opportunities for you to increase increase your earning potential aside from just being behind the chair. That is going to not only help you plan better, but you're going to feel better about all of it. I don't, I'm not a believer that if you're not having a booming clientele in the first two to three years of your career that you failed. Like, that's not it. And I think that people sometimes 
it breaks my heart because I feel like they really kind of get it twisted that it's just gonna be you know a cakewalk and clients are just gonna come flowing to your chair and like that's just not how it is and you know it's there are a lot of things that need to be in place and you kind of figure things, those things out over time. It doesn't all happen at once. And I really feel like you have to give yourself a little grace when you are learning, when you're new to the industry, or even if you've pivoted and you're offering completely different things. And, you know, yes, social media is important. But I think those other things are important as well. So definitely take those things into consideration. Let me know how it works for you. I love when you guys send me your DMs. It gives me life. (laughs) But definitely try these tips out. And if you have not already and you're struggling with your social media, not sure what to say, not sure what to post, Definitely download my 30 days of content strategy because it's a free resource for you. This is actually what I did when I was building my extension clientele. I went from having 17 years of clients of like bobs and pixies and decided I was ready to shift and pivot and specialize in extensions. And I just dove in. As you can imagine, like nobody... Like none of my clientele at that point were my target market anymore. So I had to start completely over and that was scary as hell, but I can tell you that it is possible and I do feel like one of the things that helped me, yes, were all of these things I've already talked about in this episode, but really kind of building connections with potential clients through social media helped so much. And I know that's like, people are like, what? You know, like, what does that even mean? Like, that's where the 30 days of content comes in. Um, because all of these prompts are allowing you to, to build connection and to like share who you are through your social media. Because sometimes people don't even know where to start or what to say or different things like that. And that's where the 30 days of content strategy comes in. So check it out. Let me know what you think. And I will see you at the next, in the next episode. If you're a hairstylist who specializes in certain hair services, and you're trying to build a clientele of your dream clients who really take you seriously, you need to check out findyourhairstylist.com. What makes it so special is that stylists can apply for findyourhairstylist.com to be listed on the directory, which is essentially the website is a matchmaking site to match you with your dream clients. What makes this so unique is you actually apply and you are vetted by five different hairstylists, kind of like a panel of judges, so to speak, who put their seal of approval on you and your work. For a limited time, it is free of charge to hairstylists. So you wanna jump on this, guys. 
make sure you go to findyourhairstylist.com to check it out.